Hello guys, welcome back to yet another episode of What Does It Take? This is actually my second podcast that I'm recording today. So apologies if a lot of things are rehashed from the episode that I recorded before. But today I'm just going to be having another episode with someone who's actually quite similar to me uh, with regards to our clubs. Um, Our clubs actually work quite closely together. And this guy is also someone who works quite hard as well and is in charge of arguably a much bigger organization than I have, but we'll just um, get him to introduce yourself. Hi guys, my name is Franklin and I'm the president of Asia, aka Asian Students in Australia. And yeah. Yeah. Um, just a little bit about yourself. So is what do you study? What year are you in? Um, I'm, I'm in my third year at the moment, but I changed my course in my first year. So my final year will be next year. And I'm studying economics and engineering at UWA. Okay, so we'll get right into the actual club stuff at the moment. Obviously, like as we're both presidents, we see a lot of our club from the from the top or from the pinnacle, as I would say as well. Um, but first off, we just I just like to talk about like you know the connection between our clubs because our clubs do work together a lot, and we do have various opportunities where we're working together. So, what what is the general connection between Asia and KCC? Yeah, so I guess like. We are very similar in the fact that we're both social cultural clubs and we focus more on the social side realistically. Um, But together, we work together in the sense that since we're really big clubs, we're both very similar in in the fact that we're social cultural clubs and we both run events, around three to four events each year. Um, So we work together in the sense that we plan out all our dates separately. Um, to make sure that all the timelines work for each other, make sure we promote each other's events and stuff like that. And in terms of interclub events, with our clubs between our clubs and other two, the two other clubs, MSU and CS, we do two friendly tournaments, somewhat competitive each year, just for the fun of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you did mention just a little bit about uh, before I continue, like just a bit of an apology on um, the room that we're in. There's a room next door to us that is also having a conversation going on. So just apologies if you guys hear any of that, but we'll continue. Yeah. So you did say how we do like plan our events at separate times separately, and then we do come together and try to sort things out. So can we talk a little bit about the origin of that? Or do you know like when these, um, when we started coming together or how this came to be within our four clubs? I actually, I actually don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's been, a, been a while, but I actually don't know when we started doing that. Yeah. For what reason as well? Well, I know the reasons that were very similar, but I don't know who actually started that and when that started. Do you know? I actually have no idea either. <laughs> like, I know our clubs have both been around for quite a long time. Like, our my club's been out for about 10 years now. Your club's been out for how long? Do you know? 20, 26, 27 years or something Jeez. like that, yeah. Yeah, so our clubs have been out for a long time, but I don't believe that the big, uh, what people like to call the big four Asian clubs sort of um title came out until like quite recently in fact like maybe five maybe five six years ago i would think so but i actually think that upon conversation with one of our past kcc members as in like we started in 2011 i think they were in the committee 2013 um they were saying like in the past the relations between our four clubs i've think Chinese society was around as well even though um, I can't quite recall who's younger but 
Yeah. I think that they were saying how our clubs didn't have much inter-club relation like earlier in the time. And they that committee member was kind of like sort of impressed, but I think more surprised that we like have come together like in the future and how we're actually working together towards like a common goal, working with each other to make sure our events don't clash. And I think that means that, yeah, it must be quite recent for our clubs to be working together. Yeah, yeah. So you did say your club had began about 26, 27 uh, years ago, and you guys are now currently, I think, uh, by social media following and general popularity, the most large club out of the four of us. So you guys do have like a quite big reputation uphold, in my opinion. So do you feel like there's like any pressure from that, like being the president, especially of like such a big club? Yeah, I mean, um, I probably wouldn't say like pressure. I feel like, well, I know there's a, an expectation from everyone that um, since we are such a big club that we have our goals to reach and our kind of achievements to go for as well. But I feel like I'm pretty confident mm. as in my role. I'm confident in my decisions. I'm confident in my exec members mm-hmm. that we're able to, whatever ideas that we format, that we are able to kind of execute them yeah. and able to do the best that we can. So I feel like even though there's that expectation from everyone that, yeah, we've got to, you know, we've got to be up there, top tier and stuff, I'm pretty confident in my committee, pretty confident in everything. Um, all my exec members and myself as well so yeah yeah that's great yeah it's good to hear like especially like you, you want your office bearers to be confident in themselves like as much as we value like humility and being humble things like that we still want people that are able to like come up with their own ideas and like be proactive enough to like execute them themselves so it's really good to hear like that you don't really feel that much pressure you know at the end of the day like people have said before it is just a university club but having such strong-headed people at like the helm of the club is probably a really big thing that, that we look for. And I just want to touch a bit more before we go into depth about that sort of um, topic, just a bit more about Interclub, which we mentioned before. Like we did have like a sporting event um, that you mentioned. And what do you have any like general opinions or opinions you've heard from like other people, potentially other clubs about our Interclub, especially with regards to our sporting events? Um, I guess like, no, nah, I mean, everyone really likes it. Everyone really, everyone trains for it. Everyone thinks it's like a really, it's like a common goal that I think like every club kind of reached towards. Yeah. So I wouldn't say anything bad about it from what I've heard. I think everyone really enjoys the fact that um, we have this friendly competition that everyone like a lot of people try to better themselves to be better for to be able to like compete against other people or with around like the same skill level as mm. them so yeah i think that's like it's a good thing i haven't really heard anything else apart from kind of that yeah vibe kind of thing yeah what about you well like yeah first of all i agree like i agree that it's really nice to have everyone working towards a common goal and it also like provides an opportunity for your committee to like bond with each other like before interclub and then it also gives the opportunity for people at interclub you know the word inter to like sort of network as well with new people i know at our our first interclub tournament uh for this year we played futsal against each other and like 
I actually came from a bit of a futsal background myself. Yeah. I think you came from a bit of a futsal background as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually saw you guys like have this skill and like I was so amazed. And there were some players on your team who I'd never personally talked to, but after the match, I was like, wow, dude, you're really, really good. Like to one of your committee members, I was like, yeah. whoa, like I've never met you before. By the way, my name's Alano. Uh, what's your name? You're cracked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think it's really good like that we have that opportunity to be able to bond with clubs mm, yeah. that we, we might not ever like have the opportunity to bond with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Given that we didn't have Interclub. Yeah. I think also it's a really good experience for a lot of people who, especially I can say for myself that I never played like volleyball mm-hmm. or like for previous years, basketball or basketball. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Previously to like uh uni so in high school it was mainly just like futsal or whatever other sport it was never we yeah, never sure. played volleyball or basketball so coming into uni where a lot of people would like train for this basketball and volleyball like it was a really good experience especially because i learned these sports when i got to uni and i know a lot of other people also learn these sports when they got to uni and they're actually getting really good at it so they're actually like bettering themselves in a sense for that and it's really good and without this like these clubs coming together a lot of people wouldn't be able to get that opportunity i would say yeah yeah for sure i think there's a lot of like a lot of soft skill that happens behind like sport in general as well and i think like even though we both come from like an athletic background there are people who haven't potentially played sport before or like played it in the context of competitive competing and i think that having people get used to sport playing sport is like really beneficial for their own like actual yeah like their soft skills and like their development of their character because through sport there's a lot of like you know winning and losing and all these things to think about bettering yourself criticism like so many aspects that help us grow as individuals so i think it's good that we also like have this going on and and the fact that we're like having like our clubs come against each other to you know uh, play at the end of the day is like such a motivator as well for people to like continue to actually try versus like if we just had these sport training sessions with no end goal yeah yeah so the reason why i actually brought this up though is because i think that there are a a couple other clubs who were kind of interested in wanting to join our interclub however there's also like i don't think um that people realize this as well but there are interclub sessions that happen between other clubs. Yeah. yeah. So I think that um, I had Claudia on the podcast as well. Yeah. Even though she's part of JSS, they have their own like tier of like interclub or their mm, own yeah. like separate interclub organization. And like, I think that it's a bit, it gets a bit weird when like other clubs like try to, um, try to like ask us if they can join our club because I don't really know the reason why as well, like as we discussed before, how our clubs even came to be. It's just like we accepted it. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just came in and like we accepted it. Maybe if we had it our way, like if there was no interclub, would we have done something different? Like who's to say? Like nobody knows really. So that I just thought that like, I don't know, it's quite interesting that yeah. topic of like interclub and like interclub sports in particular. Because like we know a lot of other clubs love playing sports. But, like, we don't really, like, maybe in the future there could be an interclub where, like, we could do divisions versus each other or, like, maybe, uh, like, socio-cultural division versus um, cultural division. Yeah, yeah. Like, it might be cool. cool, Yeah, yeah. in the future. Like, 
obviously that's a development that we don't really think about at the moment mm. but like it might be cool for the future so hey we could do that at the end of the year <laughs> yeah exactly. never know, never know. <laughs> exactly exactly so obviously that that train of thought is cool and like um i guess it's up to us as like presidents and office bearers as well to like be at the helm of the, these sorts of discussions that people don't really think about like i think within our committee our ocms are not really you know thinking about other clubs they're thinking about what to do within their club and in particular what to do like with regards to our other clubs like msu and cs for example like just i feel like there are a lot of you know connections between our clubs because of interclub and perhaps it wouldn't be such a bad thing to include the other clubs that um that aren't part of like this uh air quote big four asian club um title yeah but First of all, we're just going to um, talk about something else for a second. Like we've been talking about inter-club for a while, but let's talk about intra-club for you. Let's talk about being president, okay? Yeah. So what do you think about the term presidency? What does it mean to you? And what do you think the president does? Yeah, so this is a question that I get tricked on. Like I get tripped on like probably throughout my whole role as president <laughs> yeah. and also everyone else in my exec is like damn what really is president mm. but i guess for me like well the general term or like general perspective on it is that you're the face of the club yeah kind of thing and somewhat true yeah you, you're, you're the face of the club for internally and externally um but i think it goes beyond that um it's also like your this is your club this is your committee and where the committee goes, where the club is headed towards, what direction it goes to, whether it's a positive or negative direction, that's essentially comes under you. Mm, true. Where Whether you want to lead it, what kind of direction you want to lead it, whether it's what you want to, the club to go to, not my, oh, what am I saying? It's like, <laughs> it's like, um, like direction of the club, like where do you want to take it? Yeah. So if you want to take it into a different direction although it's like unorthodox mm. but it's still a positive direction that comes that's your role i'd say true and it comes under you and it could be a different year for you you can go against the odds and stuff and do different things and that's really your role to kind of say what goes on for that year for your club i'd say yeah yeah for sure i think like um president sort of like the the role is a little bit undermined in fact like people just do say like you said that we're the face of the club and like we do handle like external like matters and things like that but there is so much like that goes on behind the scenes as office bearers like we do get the final say yeah and at times we do get the first say as well like we are like ideas people as well and there are a lot of things that we do have to contribute or we do contribute based on our own accord about like you know bettering our clubs and like changing the direction of our clubs like you mentioned as well so just about direction of your club like your like asia is going very very well like you guys are still the most popular club um social media wise like i know our promo team is like oh my gosh asia is like untouchable <laughs> so like do you have anything in particular about like what you guys have in terms of goals for for direction i guess um there are a lot of different goals um, throughout the year, one of them is obviously improve our social media mm-hmm. stance, and that comes from a lot of, from 
our vice president, oh, okay. Amy. So she has a lot of, um, she's very talented. She does a lot of the social media mm. um, for Asia, um, even though she's the vice president. So we have our social uh, social media subcom yep. that's run by the second year's ahead of, um, there's a head of social social media, oh, wow, which yeah. was what Amy was last year. But oh. even into exec, she still does quite a lot for that department as well which, and that's why we see like a huge improvement in our socials and why we're kind of still improving it by the days wow. um but yeah we try to keep that up there as well and i think another thing that we try to keep up with internally is probably with our commitments and with our intra-club bonding as well mm-hmm. um because that's one of the most important things I already yeah. forgot what the question was. <laughs> towards, but. That's all right. Yeah, we were just talking about, you know, like what, what presidents do, what like your team does in general. And um, yeah, basically go Amy, like for now. Yeah. yeah. Um, doing a great job. And like, I think that I did have this discussion a little bit before with um, my chat with Ewan, but do you think that um, particular people make the role like hard for themselves, in fact, because... I, I think like I'm coming from the train of thought that a lot of executives tend to want to do their own thing or like tend to want to better their club based on their own accord as well and want to improve things in their own individual way. So for example, you're telling me that Amy like came from the social media head last year and now is still handling social media. Like does she need to do that would be a question. And like, yeah. let's just talk about in the context of you first because it's probably a bit easier. Like, do you think your job, um, do you think you're making your job easy? Do you think the job of president is easy itself? What do you think? I guess in a general term, it depends on everyone. And since we're talking about me, for me, I think, I think I've made it easy because I think I've, from very early on, I, I know where I stand in terms of my role. Mm-hmm. I know where like, like I need to step, like take a step back because whether it's like a, it's not my department kind of thing. If it, whether it's like graphics or like social media, I know like, yeah, that's probably not my department to like take a main step towards. Yeah. So I know where I stand. I know where I have to kind of be towards where I can like actually do my work. So I think I have a pretty good idea of, and pretty good sense of knowledge of where like, how much I should take on myself and what I should be doing as a role of president. So I think I take a pretty pretty easy stance on my presidency role. Yeah. Not I too much taken on by myself, yeah. That's good. Like, I think I actually discussed this before as well with um with my previous podcast, Steve, but, like, I think people... Like, this is my general opinion that people don't really think about unless they are an office bearer, unless they are president. But I think that the less work that you're doing as president, I guess you might be even doing a more successful job than you think, because at the end of the day, like one of our jobs is delegating roles. Yeah. And I think something that like, I'm going to name drop CS again, but CS and KCC haven't got quite figured out is the, like the way our committee and subcommittee like works in terms of like architecture, because I know within KCC, we have like, I'm just going to straight up like name the architecture. We have our four executives at the moment. So our president, VP, treasurer, secretary. And then we have, I think about six 
heads. So we have two heads of sport, two heads of dance, two heads of promotions. And we actually have a seventh. We have a head of graphics. Yeah. But that's it. Like we have no subcommittees. And for every single event that we have, we have a new um, team for each uh, particular aspect we need to address for the event. For example, for our first event, we had KCC Presents Oasis and we had, I think, three, we had two event leaders. So that's already two people that are not part of the team. And then we had two design leaders who are still like not head of graphics, two promo leaders who are not heads of promo, and then two deco leaders who are not, um, who don't even have a head. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then like we keep rehashing that every single um, event where it's like a different leader for every event. Okay. Yeah. So I think like, although that system is quite good in terms of building leadership, it's not the most efficient way to go. And because of that, there's so much like, because there's no overlap in people like knowing what to do or like doing things like by a systematic way and getting better in the same year. Development. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's a bit tougher on us executives as well because sometimes we have to cover or we have to reteach or like. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So that's why I think, like, I don't know about CS, but like KCC really within the exec team really looks up to both MSU and Asia because you guys have so much coverage of roles and responsibilities within your committee. So that makes it like that brings me back full circle to how much work should the president be doing and i feel like i'm doing like more work than i should and yeah, fair enough. yeah that's why like uh we're going to talk about this later at handover we're going to sort of try like instill some change in the yeah. architecture of the committee yeah yeah so we'll just talk a little bit about the other roles now do you think vp secretary treasurer do you think it's easy for them what they're doing or do you think those jobs should be easy um <laughs> If you compare treasurer and secretary to my role as president, I would say they are a lot harder mm-hmm. yeah. than what I do, mainly because they already have that set task, already a lot of set tasks that they have to do. Um, secretary yeah. with the minutes and apologies and stuff like that. Uh, treasurer with all the financials, yeah. which none of us have the touch ever. Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'll look at it, but yeah. yeah. Um, vice president, I think from what I've seen from previous years, it, it, some people can have trouble seeing what their role is in a sense, but I would say vice president is, is very similar to president. Yeah. Well, it is essentially the same thing. It's the same role. You're two presidents, basically. Mm, and yeah. it's, that's how I like to see it. And it's basically, you, you guys, I would say, we're filling in the roles of what needs to be done. Right. This yeah. year, it's taken a little bit of a different stance where Amy has focused on a lot of social media and uh, PR as well, so public relations, so all our sponsorships and stuff like that. Um, and she does that as a VP. Right. She doesn't need to do that as a VP, but that's, that's just how it's headed towards this year. Um, so she's probably done a lot more work as VP than she needs to in compared to other VPs, mm-hmm. in my opinion, um, in the past, but it's not saying, I'm not saying that it's like a, it's a wrong direction. I say, I think it's a really positive direction for this year, if anything. Um, but yeah, I think overall everyone has done quite a lot of work and especially the treasurer and secretary has done quite a significant harder 
role kind of thing you know than the presidents i'll say yeah for sure yeah first of all big shout outs to my treasurer and secretary albert and ben big yeah. shout outs to your your treasurer and secretary chloe and amanda is that right yeah that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. big big ups to them because like i do believe as well as president our job is a lot more like wishy-washy like we're really in charge of our own workload yeah. but they are in charge of you know these set tasks and on top of that like they have their own responsibilities as mm. well that they want to fulfill yeah as office bearers but yeah we're sort of we're really in charge of our own workload as i said and it's really up to us what we want to do so like also big ups to amy might as well yeah because like same thing with um, my vp um theo we have our final event coming up and we didn't have a decorations leader as i said before we have all these like leadership like yeah. roles and no one put their name down for for decorations and theo was like you know what i'll do it yeah and then like that was a that was a very interesting experience for me to see the way she handled it because it was like she we we um announced that she was going to be our decorations leader during the meeting and people were like huh like no one else put their <laughs> names down and then theo was like hey guys um if you want to be decorations leader just if you want to be my partner just dm me and then um lots of people ended up dming her like after the after knowing that no one ran for it yeah and at the end of the day she was like i'm actually not going to accept any of these i'm going to be the decorations leader myself oh, okay yeah because it's a bit of like although it's like a a bit of a slap in the face it's like it places so much importance on proactivity and like how people should be just like going for roles even if they think that other people are going to roll like run yeah, for them I agree. Like, you shouldn't ever believe that other people are going to be better than you to the point where you should step back yeah yeah if you're running for a role for example yeah because that's when it's like really serious like mm. i think that running for a role like everyone has their own fortes and like individual characteristics mm. that might make them better than other people in those areas yeah whereas it is a bit different like as pres presidents though because like there are instead of running for roles okay i mean like we still should believe in ourselves to that that would be like the best for the role and we do have our own strengths but when we're actually in the role stepping back is sometimes better than stepping forward like yeah letting other people who are like more experienced in the area or like have better ideas is a lot better than like trying to you know be all president up in yeah. their grill about things yeah yeah I agree. so I, yeah. yeah go on i was gonna say especially from my standpoint for where i came from as a second year and the first year um is that when i came into president in, into that role i wanted to give a lot of other people opportunities to do stuff yeah so even though i could have done like a lot of this stuff like all myself and stuff but i think it's better to i'm not going to be here for the rest of my my life right this mm -hmm. is going to be i'm going to have to hand it over to someone else it's going to be up to the second years to the freshers and stuff like that yeah so i think for me what we introduced a lot this year was a lot of opportunities for other people to get to do stuff to yeah. do, even if it's like mini tasks at least they get to do them for sure because i think it's better for that way for them to you know it's a little bit of tasks that might be more willing to do a little bit like mini tasks and that way they get a little bit of experience into leading up to uh whether it's head of subcoms whether it's exec they get mm. to do that kind of thing yeah, yeah, it's like really, really important to like nurture your committee, especially coming as an office bearer, but not only office bearer, but like the president. Like, I think 
last year I was like, oh my gosh, this is the president. Like, I really, um, I really think his word is worthy. Like, I really think that his words hold a lot of weight. And I, I truly believe that. I hope that people in my committee this year think that, like, think similarly towards me, that my words hold a lot of weight as well because of the things that we've been through. Like, there's so many things that presidents have to do that no one really knows that we're doing. Yeah. And, like, there's so much, like, there's two sides of things. There's things that happen behind the scenes and there's things that happen in front of your committee. And when you're, like, discussing things in front of your committee, they can be like, oh, yeah, the treasurer and secretary, like, do, like, way more work than the president or VP when not that's not necessarily true at all times. Like, VP and, like, P, probably even, for example, Amy doing social media things, she doesn't necessarily yeah. have to, like, do those things or even, like, people don't necessarily know that she's doing these things. Like, even me, this is news to me that, um, your VP is like taking so much um, control and like doing so much um, out of proactivity towards your social media. Yeah. So there's so much work that like has to be done by us, not because we have to do it, but because we want to do it, yeah. because we want to better our clubs. So I just want to use that to sort of dovetail off into our next topic, which is time management. Because at the end of the day, like as presidents, we are like, I said, like I keep repeating again and again, in charge of our own workload. However, usually if you're running for president, if you are president, you want to do a lot. So how do you balance this like executive work versus like, for example, your relationship, your your hobbies, your um, university stuff, and even work? Like, how do you balance all this? Yeah, <laughs> I get this question a lot in terms of my time management, especially when I first started off. Um, with O-Day and O-Week, we know that's probably one of the most, like, busy time periods for being exec. Yeah. Um, and before I ran for president, I, it was kind of, like, acknowledged that my girlfriend, Karen, was going to be president of mm. MSU for 2021. So that was before I ran for president. Right. So we kind of already had that discussion between me and her when she ran for it of like oh how is she going to manage her time and stuff like that and obviously like i think in terms of our relationship we're able even though we spend a lot of time with each other we spend probably like we see each other probably like nearly every day mm. essentially so that's a, it's a lot for like a something to think about it's really important maybe not be might not be as important for some other people some people see each other like you know not too much and they're all right with it but for us, we see each other probably nearly every day. And so being able to understand each other in the sense that, oh, I have this role as president to kind of like uphold. And I'm going to need to spend some time with that. She's going to need to spend some time with that as well. And we both understand, especially if we're both going to be presidents of the club. We both come from very similar clubs as well. She loves her club. I love my club as well. So we understand that we need that kind of dedication and commitment towards our own club to fulfill, but also we have a little bit of balance to also spend time with each other, which we still do a lot today as well. Yeah. And in terms of other stuff, uni work, that's probably one of the most tough things I say, but it's definitely doable. Being able to do it in your own time, in your extra time as well, 
bit by bit, trying to balance that as well. Whether that is you're taking some easier units to balance your load, um, that's definitely possible as well. I did that last semester as well. Mm. Um, what else was that? Hobbies. I still find a lot of my hobbies, I can do that with my friends that are inside the club as well. So whether it's sports, gaming as well. So overall, is if you're able to do things that you like, I think like, and manage that well, then you're able to be able to take on a lot of things. That's what I kind of done this year as well. Yeah, that's great to hear. Like a lot of people, I think, look at presidency, look at office bearers positions and think, I don't have time for that. Yeah. But like the reality is when we're in our office bearer position, we make time for it. Like yeah. there's never going to be someone who's just always free. And there's like never, ever going to be someone who's always like unable to do things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And especially if you're running for those positions, even if you're thinking about those positions, you're thinking already about how you're going to manage your time, which is great because like time management is such a great skill to like upskill and being like an office bearer helps you so much with like laying out the framework for, I think, potentially the rest of your life because it's so much like work that you have to do within such a short period of time. And yeah, time management is just such a big like aspect of being an office bearer that people do like have an awareness of but they don't really understand how manageable it is yeah yeah just a little bit about you and karen though both both presidents of the two bigger clubs as well of our again air quote big four asian clubs so would you think that that relationship is a bit of a double-edged sword or like is there any like aspect of that relationship that you find interesting that maybe like helps or hurts the way you manage your own club yeah i guess towards like the start well we have a lot of our individual planning with our own clubs like separate planning it was kind of like um she had to do her own thing i had to do my own thing and we kind of like kept it to ourselves like whatever oh yeah um but at the end of the day like we understand like towards when we work towards so we had our differences at first she does her own thing i do my own thing but i think a couple months in like where we started to have some hardships between like just our own clubs especially me with my own club had some own issues within the club she was able to understand as a president and be able to like support me there so in the end we were able to kind of support each other without each other's roles even if we're not in that kind of club you know because we mm. both we're both presidents of very similar clubs so we understand where each other come from so we were able to kind of work together in the sense of supporting each other and being able to give like different opinions on the other person's like role and help each other into being like a better president essentially yeah yeah no, that's really, really good to hear. Like a lot of people, I think like in my opinion personally, that president, although functionally we do the exact same thing as VP, there's so much like external thing that we have to worry about as well. Like, for example, you did say like you had a bit of a like problem at the beginning of the year and being at the face of the club, it might have like, you know, given a bit of pressure as well. Yeah. Especially, yeah being the face again and same same with our club like whenever there's an issue within kcc usually people look to me to sort of solve that solve those matters and those sorts of things like whenever there's internal conflict or whenever there's external conflict 
those are things that I don't really like to do. Like, I don't really like to be a part of, I don't think anyone likes to be a part of, you know, being a, being vigilant and things like that, invigilating your own committee's behavior and things like that. So I just want to talk a little bit about the worst parts of being president. So um, just actually before we tap into that, let's talk about sacrifices. So we did talk about, you know, time management for a little while. Do you think that that most of the sacrifices you make are related to time or are there any like qualities that you've had to sacrifice? Um, time wise, I want to say time wise, I spent a lot of time doing the same stuff I would be doing. Like mm-hmm. if, whether I was in this role or not, I was still really like helping out with the club. Right. I right. feel like, um, quality wise, I think for sure, because like, stepping into this role you kind of have to um sacrifice your own personal values yeah uh, obviously you don't you don't like sell yourself like but your own personal values to be unbiased and to commit towards being a president for the committee rather than yourself i feel like mm. it's really important even if i have my own beliefs and own like oh i think this is right if the rest of the committee like doesn't think it's right, then I can't go on my belief. Like, yeah, I have to. I'm here as president for the committee. That's for why sure. I, when I entered this role, I truly made sure that I had to stick by that kind of value that I, I work for the committee basically. Not work for committee, but basically I take everyone's values above mine because that that's who I'm president for. I'm not president for myself. I'm president for them. Yeah. Yeah like remaining impartial like it's such a big like aspect of being an office bearer especially as president when you get this when you're the person to say the final yes for like so many decisions and like i just think it's quite like it's quite hard at times to you know like you said like have to sacrifice maybe your own opinion yeah for the sake of your club because at the end of the day like it sounds like you're doing a great job of this but we have to be a representative of the club not of ourselves yeah and it has to be quite democratic and people elected us for a reason yeah. because they thought that we'd represent the club the best yeah and i think that it's quite tough at times because i mentioned this in ewan's podcast but there are times with my friends i've created a lot of close friendships within my club that i've had to sort of change myself at times because some of the things I said as a fresher last year, I can't say anymore. Or like oh, yeah. some yeah. of the things that I've done last year, I can't do anymore or I can't encourage from yeah. other people. Definitely. So is there anything in particular that you've done or like, can you make any comments on, you know, how you've had to change your perspective with your friends? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think one of the most like important factors this year was the way we um, slurs and just, of discrimination and stuff like that. Right, right. So we had a really, a big change over this year, I feel like, especially with me and the rest of the club, is that the way we present ourselves in the language that we speak, that we we don't kind of um, allow it in a sense. We make sure that everyone's kind of aware that we don't discriminate and we don't allow for such slurs. Mm. Um, so we want everyone to feel kind of safe in this environment that they don't need to be hearing such like negative or offensive like words, any type of words that they can be offended by. 
Yeah. Um, so that's a different changer from this year in comparison to last year and previous year or any previous years for Asia, I can say for the least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything that we could have said like last year or could have, could have done like last year, like we're definitely, it's definitely being changed this year and it's been monitored a lot better. I mm. feel like for the better. Yeah. Yeah. It's really tough when it comes to that sort of particular topic because like in this day and age, like it's so normalized within like, you know, both our demographics, like yeah. people saying these sorts of things. Yeah. But I also think that, you know, having to execute that sort of judgment, having to execute um, means in which we want to improve our club based on like maybe what could be described as a flaw is really tough, but it's also part of our job. Yeah. And like, I don't like um, using the word discipline, but there's a lot of the time, there's a lot of times where I have to discipline my club members as well. Yeah. Or I have to like give, like I've given multiple speeches within meetings where I just look at everyone in the eyes and I'm like, you guys are not doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. And you guys should be doing um, ABC and yeah. like things like that. And it's like not part of the do- the job description. Yeah. But you know, like we have a responsibility, like an inherent responsibility to take care of these things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I just want to talk a little bit about maybe, yeah, like I touched on before, the worst part of being president or the worst parts of being president. Yeah. I say a lot of it was unexpectedly, unexpectedly, like the confrontation that I have to do towards a lot of people. Yeah. Um, especially when people go out of hand in certain things like they they get too comfortable yeah and they they forget about like the true values of the club and where we're trying to head towards whether it's like they're saying stuff that we shouldn't be saying whether they're doing stuff they shouldn't be doing they just they forget whether what they should be doing basically yeah and a lot of that it comes down to me i have to be the one that kind of does something you know because in the end if anyone feels uncomfortable with something, they're going to come to me and I have to be the one that sorts it out. And yeah. for me, that's, it's not the easiest thing. Right. <laughs> for me, like I, with my personality type, like I, it's very hard for me to be like confronting to people. Right. Um, I can do it, but I just, it's not the easiest thing. Yeah. And that, that's my role this year. Um, but yeah, that's probably like one of the worst things is that having to, probably like tell of people that are probably like near the same age as me or oh, even like older than me like absolutely yeah so like being <laughs> myself who's like like have, having to act as the like the m- mature like president but at the same time i'm like also just some like 20 year old guy who's like <laughs> also very immature as well right so <laughs> yeah. like um <laughs> having to take on that leadership role to tell off other people that are basically very similar to me kind of yeah. thing yeah for sure it must be really like tough i think that's something that i've had to deal with as well like i think over the last two years like i've changed so much to you know tailor the way i act um as president versus when i was fresher yeah. like i would play um like league of legends or like some sort of game like with my other fresher peers or like other members of the committee and I would say things and like they would say things and we'd have a laugh about it and it'd be funny. But now this year, things that I find funny, I can't, 
yeah. find funny in front of them yeah. yeah yeah so it's almost like we have to like have this facade of being like a president which is like at times it's quite hard to uphold because it's not truly who we are at times and yeah. i remember um again i'm mentioning jerry kwan a second time but um i mentioned jerry kwan in the last podcast with regards to being president alano versus being the boys alano yeah but there's another thing that he said which kind of stuck with me is that when he was talking about my speech last year at agm running for president he said alano i don't think i'd be able to fake it like you do and i, I was like <laughs> what do you mean by that? And, and like thinking about it more and more i think that trying to present yourself as like the perfect candidate for president is not going to be anyone's natural like instinct yeah it's not their natural behavior and you're like you know highlighting all of your best qualities to like you know run for whatever which you'd have to do for any role in particular actually is like not being true to yourself but it's necessary and when you do end up actually winning or being that role you have to live up to the image that you presented yourself as which is at times not that in line with who you are fortunately for me i don't feel like i was faking it that much yeah but i think he meant it more as in like as in we've also discussed as well he was like i don't think i could do it like you because i wouldn't be able to write a speech like that i wouldn't be able to present myself with that image especially with the image that i have now especially with the perhaps ethic that i have now it's difficult to you know write up a, like a like a speech a presentation or anything like that that would make me seem like the way you you made yourself seem and i think something like we were talking about confrontation earlier we i definitely dislike confrontation as well but i want to talk about the topic of being alpha okay so alpha is like very it's thrown around it's thrown around a lot and i think there's a lot of misconceptions or different opinions about what alpha means so firstly we just talk in general what do you think being an alpha means to you i think being alpha is basically like being a very out there person right being the kind of kind of the leader kind of the leader of the pack kind of thing yeah whether it's your friendship group whether it's in a role or whatever it is being the person that's like outstanding kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah, being a very other person, not very passive person, very assertive. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Yeah, I think um, what I don't like within my committee is that the term gets thrown around a lot in contrast with beta. And yeah. what people like do a lot of is they sort of use alpha as something that I would describe as maybe mean. And I don't think that alpha is alpha equates to meanness. I think alpha like... For example, I've heard like this quote as well that alphas don't push people down, they pull people up. And yeah. like, even though you're the leader of the pack, you don't have to push people down to get to the top. Yeah, You bring people up with you and as a result of bringing people up with you, they bring you up as well. Yeah, And even though like you're right about being passive, you don't want someone at, as a leader to be, you know, not proactive or inactive. Yeah. Whereas in contrast with people who... Um, call themselves beta they would say like are people who um, just go with yes for everything are beta or like they don't want to give their own opinion or they don't want to like express too much are beta and I don't think that's necessarily true maybe it's just 
that they accept that whatever opinion is being presented is correct mm-hmm. and they don't need to you know instigate or like add their own opinion because everything is fine yeah i know especially between like within my team a lot of um i think my executive team i don't really use the word alpha or beta although people like from our committee like to say oh alana is pretty beta or like yeah. alana is only alpha when etc and um our, our vp is very alpha in contrast to alana yeah. and i don't think that like although it may be partially true i really don't like the fact that people you know misuse the word yeah and like i think that alpha shouldn't be a an excuse to bully people for example yeah because a lot of people say like oh she she's such she's got such a loud voice mm. he's got such a loud voice they've got really big opinions and people just follow them and that means that they're alpha like yeah. not necessarily like people who like maybe scare other people into being um like into following them for lack of confrontation are not alpha to me yeah. like for example the president last year was a bit scary to me i, I wouldn't say like I followed him because I respected him. I followed him because I was scared of what would happen if I didn't. Yeah. And I don't think that's what a true alpha should be. You should yeah. be a leader, like, you should be a leader and still have people follow you due to the respect they have for you, not really because of the respect that they have out of fear. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So let's talk a bit more about that. Do you think you have to be an alpha to be president? I don't think so. Mm, I don't okay. think so. I think well, if we're going by like the tradition, like the traditional kind of modern day um, definition of what people think of alpha and beta is, yeah, I would say I'm not an alpha. Okay. Basically, um, if we're going what what we discussed before, what you said before, like, but how we can view alpha as like not having to be like all out there and being like scaring people, then I can be that definition of the alpha, being yeah. able to lead people in that sense. Um. Going to my role, I already saw that following the previous presidents um, from a couple of years back from last year, mm-hmm. um, I was a bit different in the sense that I wasn't as assertive. It's what people look towards when they kind of view the definition of alpha. Yeah. And then I'm someone that's a little bit more passive. Right. I'll do a lot of work still but I'm not someone that can be so assertive and that's just not my personality, right? Yeah. Um, but in no means does that like mean that I can't do my role. Right, exactly. I don't think it means anything for anyone to have to be such an out there person to be president. I think someone that's just as quiet, just as passive, just as like, you know, does the work behind the scenes can be president as well. I don't think it's necessary for anyone to, to be such an assertive alpha and make people scared yeah. out of fear and stuff. I don't think that is like what's necessary to be a president. I think anyone can be a president, regardless of what, what, whether you fit the traditional definition of alpha or not. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think my values sort of like they align with yours as well about how like at the crux of it, we don't try to yell. We don't try to be scary towards our committee. We want to be respected just for the work that we do and for the like the personality that is close to what we actually are is. So 
I don't yeah I think so as well you don't have to be alpha to be a president like if you're talking about the like traditional view of like you know loud and like someone who like can shut everyone else up because that's not what I believe in alpha is like I think like people who are alpha are like able to get their opinions out and still get the job done without having to like you know curse at people or like punish people or like you know make people feel bad yeah i think like for example um i was listening to toby toby chan's podcast um say with your chest and she was talking about alpha females and how like there's still like leaders of the pack and i believe that her herself she's not someone who's gonna like yell or scream at people for no reason like she gains the respect of people or the respect of people who are close to her as well by conversation by like you know by gaining their respect through her values and like acting as someone who can be looked up to or someone who is like not afraid to give their opinion out is someone i find so respectable these days because it's so easy to just fall within the status quo of what people think yeah yeah so we'll just talk a bit about presidency again do you think it's worth it becoming president so a bit of a change of direction with the with the conversation that we're having but there's so many things that we have to think about consider as president do you think it's been worth it so far it's definitely been worth it for me mm-hmm. for me personally yeah obviously the answer may be different for other people i've heard different things for other people that's like oh it's not worth it and stuff but i feel like it's worth it if you make it worth it mm. you know, you'll get what you put into it so for me i i yeah i feel like i put a lot of effort into it and I, you know, I feel like it's been a lot of experience for me, like a long journey for me. A lot of random things that come up for me that I have to deal with as president. But all in all, it's been a really good experience, a very, like, learning experience for me. Yeah. Um, we've had to deal with certain situations, stuff like that. People, some people I see in my community is like, oh, damn, like, I see all the stuff that I've gone through this year. They're like, hell nah, I'm never going for president stuff. Yeah. But for me, I was like, yeah, wait, like it, it was a good experience still. Like for even sure. though I had to go through a lot of stuff, like I wouldn't say I hate the role. I like it. Mm. Like where else would I be able to experience such, you know. Challenges. Yeah, such challenges and be able to like learn how to go against it, you know. For sure. If anything, it's better that I go through such challenges now with the support of my exec team, with the support of the committee team, with the support of all your friends, you know, and be able to go through such things rather than when you're in another, you know, at your job place where you don't really like. You don't have, have anyone that, to lean on. Yeah, yeah, you don't have all your friends to kind of lean on and use as support. For so sure. I think as president, it's really a good experience regardless of what things you go through and all the work that you have to go through because you have all that kind of support from everyone yeah definitely like all the challenges that we experience like being able to overcome those challenges is upskilling itself like we like there are so many travesties and so many like uh, barricades that we have to like break through with our teams with the help of our team and like even that in itself looking at your team works on our teamwork skills and all of this stuff, like being able to overcome such obstacles individually with your team behind you or even as a team or even as a whole committee is such a good skill that 
is quite hard to find anywhere else if you haven't experienced it like in a club setting so i do feel like it's been worth it for me as well all these skills that i've learned all these conversational skills all these ways to deal with certain like situations is like definitely um a rewarding thing because it helps me grow as a person probably helps you grow as a person yeah i feel like we're both probably very different from who we were prior like the day before we became president definitely yeah yeah so i think one of the things though that is something that we really criticize ourselves upon or i'm not sure if you do but i definitely criticize myself is about the success of the club because as you did say we're the kind of the face of the club is as the general consensus but yeah do you think that success is typically like do you think there's a way to think about success in terms of asia or is there like any objective way you look at it yeah i've uh, first i think i'll answer this in like um to step format kind of thing okay first the kind of like the traditional way of people to see success as in the club and then the second thing will be like how i see success in the club so i think the traditional way of people that see success is the money kind of oh, thing oh yes you sell your best yeah you sell this sell that every day uh first event uh, every, um second event third event get that money kind of thing yeah. that's success <laughs> you, know, you, get, you get yeah you yeah. basically get all the you know social media and stuff all the likes and stuff like that whatever followers and stuff right by the numbers basically numbers yeah. and financials but for me, I feel like in, at the end of the day, if you don't have any of that, if all that goes wrong, that's I don't think that's the most important thing. I think the most important thing is within the club, where the club is going, um, headed towards. Like at the end of the day, you could have, you know, with like COVID and stuff in previous years, you couldn't like hold events. So right. like what happens if you can't hold events? At the end of the day, you have your committee, your yeah. committee members. I think that's one of the most important things is to be able is the intra club of the of the club itself yeah being able to work towards having the community better like better itself heading in a direction where people try to develop intra club bonding it's been tough but it's definitely headed towards a good direction i feel like especially another thing i'll talk about is the success in terms of um what we mentioned before between like about like slurs and dis- of oh, discrimination yes. and stuff i think that is also a success of the club where a lot of people externally were seeing the club as being unfit for some certain people because they saw it as being very toxic or whether or something like that but i feel like this year we've been able to be successful in being able to encourage like a more safe environment for a lot of people yeah um yeah basically internally i think it's been a lot of success even though there's all the external factors of yeah all days and our events were being very successful is that i measure my success in how we're going internally as the club how that's going yeah for sure yeah i actually i find that very interesting because that's actually something i haven't really thought about is how the committee members themselves better themselves like after overcoming obstacles after you guys overcome obstacles because like for example my club hadn't like had a situation like that where it was necessary or really really necessary to you know better yourself or like 
you know um become better at your soft skills become more you know acceptable and like to not use as um discriminatory language things like that like that stuff still happens within my committee but we haven't had such a wake-up call that you've decided to like place such high emphasis on being a better person individually as your definition of success or as one of your definitions yeah. i think that's really great because it like gives me my own like perspective of oh are my committee members good people or like are they subjectively good people are they people that i would look up to are they good representatives of my club and i think that i think there should be a bit more emphasis placed on you know being having a good image or like just being good for the sake of being good yeah. like those sorts of things are like not many people usually talk about it but it's really good that you brought that up because I think that's something that's really important that's definitely overlooked I've, I've definitely overlooked it up until now so I would definitely like I would talk about success as I said to um, Ben during our podcast I looked at success as you know being able to spread more interest in interest yeah. and awareness in Korean culture yeah. But then again, that's not as intrinsic as like, you know, bettering yourself within a committee. Like I look at my committee as like a mode or like a medium to, you know, get towards that goal. However, you look at like yourselves as sort of the medium to better your committee, which yeah. is like, ultimately it's the, it's a great thing because if you want like people to be better people, have better characteristics, better personalities, um obviously this is all subjective but like yeah bettering themselves it's very very like intrinsic very like motivational yeah. to to hear that you're making your club become better better people yeah okay so we've just talked about success i'm gonna like change the direction yet again <laughs> even further off the track of what we've been going through all right so tonight actually is your igm so I've actually discussed with my committee and we've decided to run a, an IGM for, I think, the first time, I believe, ever. Oh, really? Yep, in KCC's okay, history. Yeah. And we're having an IGM at a certain date. I, I believe none of the clubs really disclosed that date to the public. But yeah. yeah, we're having an IGM soon for the first time and we're trying to run it. And in the past, we've had AGMs where we do our voting, vote counting, election results, all at the AGM with office bearers. So people actually see people doing the speeches and stuff and oh, it's publicly accessible. So everything happens at that one AGM. At the one AGM. That's, that's a lot happening at that AGM. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and like, to for the example... public? Or is it... Public are allowed to attend, yeah. Are they allowed to vote? They're not allowed to vote. Oh, so only committees. Internal, yeah, okay. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. But still, it's a bit weird, like, having the public witness, you know, these things going on. And, like, it's a bit tough to sort of discuss these things because our ocms don't really understand why like we're deciding to change it to an igm whereas i look at it and my team looks at it as we're actually last to the party like i think msucs and asia have all run their own igms prior to agm prior to announcing their results and that's something that we should be doing as well because using that igm as like a functional tool we can do so much more for our committee like for example our treasurer's uh, treasurer's report is something that we would have briefly done at AGM so we would have revealed some things at AGM for potentially the public to see but now we now that we're doing it at IGM we can cover it in a lot more detail for our actual committee members to like understand yeah so like I digress though I think you should like talk a little bit about 
what an IGM is and especially in comparison to AGM. So what do you think is going on between those two? Um, so for IGM, for us, it's something that's pretty actually newly introduced last yeah. year. Um, so when I ran, it was the first time that we really had an IGM. Mm. Pretty sure. Pretty sure before then, all we did was just acceptance videos on Facebook oh, okay. in our committee page. And then whoever got the most votes basically just, just won the roles. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So no speeches, no nothing. So even we both didn't have IGMs, but in the way that you guys did it, you guys did speeches, right? At yep. the IGMs, we, we put our videos up. Oh, okay. Um, so that yep. was a bit different. So that brought in speeches for the IGM. And that was mainly what our IGM was based on, is that we were able to have an insight of um, the new candidates, the people, the candidates that were running for the exec roles, how capable they were of being able to present themselves as an exec member, yep. what they think the role is, how they explain their role, how they think they're capable of the role, you know, what they say in terms of their speech, and how they answer the questions that mm. people have to ask them. You know, um, you know, If they ask them, like, oh, how are you going to do this as this, like in this role or something like that, how capable they are in answering people's questions. Because throughout the year, as exact people have a lot of questions to ask you, you know? Yeah. Like how are we sure. going to do this? How capable are you able to answer a question on the spot like that? Because right. in times, even though like you're going to have some, realistically, you're going to have some time to think about it when you're in the exec roles, but there are often very t- like sometimes where you're going to have to think about it very quickly. Right. What's your train of thought? Your pure train of thought at that moment is yeah. what really matters. And that's going to sh- like kind of see how, what the potential you have in going into that role for next year. So people can are able to kind of see that. And I think it was really important to introduce this because prior to this, we, with the videos, I said like, there's not much, you can redo a video right. so many times. Some people don't do a serious video, they just do like a, like a joke video. Oh. So it's very hard to kind of gauge, like if like especially if people, those people are like a head of subcom or whatever, like had no experience. It's very hard for some people to see like how capable you, you are in being in such like, like a serious circumstance. So right. this RGM we presented is kind of like a serious format where people are able to kind of show up their skills of being in how they deal with such a serious situation, answer questions, present a speech, basically. Wow. Um, yeah, before the AGM. Mm-hmm. And then the AGM is where we present to the public, like, how our club kind of went this year, how the structure of our club um, worked this year, Um because it could be different to last year's and the previous years. For sure. It could be different um, stuff. Like last year, they had COVID, so they would have had that in the AGM. So yeah. this year, we had a little bit of like a different timeline with our events, so we will explain that in our AGM this year. And it's for more of the like general public to see, you know, like how we kind of run things uh, rather than like doing our all our serious stuff like on the day for us. Um but yeah, that AGM, obviously the most important bit is presenting our new exec. Everyone kind of finds out there. So that's exciting. Um, yep. But yeah, at AGM, no one finds out. No one finds out until the day of AGM. Oh, us, yeah. I'm wow. not sure about you. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because yeah, of course, this is actually our first time running an IGM. We don't really know like 
how exactly we're going to do the results. We thought we were going to present the results at the IGM. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like it would be quite interesting to have um, that happen at um, AGM. Yeah. Because I've also heard from like we, we both attended actually MSU's AGM last year. Yeah. And we saw that the like I think the executives, I think they knew that they were going to be the new executives. And yeah. like they were, they already had prepared things to say and things like that. Yeah. I think that's, is that true? Do you know? Um, I, I'm not too sure. I think so, but I can't, I can't say for sure. Yeah. I know, I, actually, I know for us, like we, we, the top four, we knew ourselves mm-hmm. just a preparation for like your speech or whatever. Oh, okay. But, um, but everyone else, everyone else, it was like confidential. Right. Yeah. No one knew anything. Um, okay which kind of kept like the suspense up for everyone i guess yeah yeah okay so oh by the way just for the listeners as well igm internal general meeting agm annual general meeting so these are like the events where we can do things like um i think i'll just talk about in the context of agm since it's constitutionally recognized as well it's the event where we are able to well where we recap the year but also where we're allowed to elect our new executives new office bearers, have a returning officer, make amendments to the constitution as well. Yeah. But we are out actually allowed to facilitate this internal general meeting, which has its own like huge benefits with regards to, you know, keeping things confidential, ensuring you have the best office bearers come out of that as possible. So those are like just a little very brief run on like the differences between IGM and AGM. But as you said, like we have, we're having the IGM for Asia tonight. Oh, you guys are having the IGM for Asia tonight and it's IGM, AGM season at the moment. So one of the things that one of the, I don't know if it's dreaded, but one of the things that we have to think about is handover. And I think I've mentioned it already as well today on Ewan's podcast, but handover is just such like, it's so important to me. And I think that it wasn't important enough last year or maybe like last year. Yeah. I didn't think it was important enough when I was receiving it even, but how are you planning to do your own handover for your next executives? Yeah, I mean, we already had. Usually, we have like a, a an exec handover. Okay. So we all come together. And we have like this. Um, so our, our exec this year, and then the new exec that will come together, and we do like a handover for exec in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how it worked previously, but um, there was no kind of like a presidential handover. Oh, so okay. I got an exact handover, but I don't know what the heck I was doing for president. Wow. Um, but for this year, I'm definitely going to make sure that there's like a president presidential handover. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important because um, I see it with a lot of people that in the past, maybe they've struggled to see like um, what their role is and stuff like that. And certain like um, areas that I think that's really important, but doesn't really get discussed. I think that's, um, I'll include that in the handover as well. And kind of like um, a lot of things that aren't specifically the president's, like under the presidential role that I should be, but I think should be like emphasized to them as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, honestly, I'm just going to plan to kind of, you know, have a, like a, branch or something like that with the new president even maybe with the vp as well mm. or maybe even um, me and the vp the current vp will have like like a handover to them as well to the yeah. new 
present in the VP. Yeah. Um, but definitely having just having that specific yeah that specific one on one kind of talk with the new upcoming about their presidential role rather than just an executive role I think is really important and that's probably how we'll go through with it yeah for sure that seems like such a huge step like definitely changing from general executive handover to having a presidential handover uh, I personally we did have a very very brief general exec handover and then we had like semi-specific uh, presidential VP handover plus um, secretary handover plus treasurer handover which yeah. is like thank gosh we had that but I still think like there's still levels above that we can still achieve make it like even though we had all the bases sort of covered if it's more engaging I think it's more likely to be retained yeah and like that's true that's why like we're not so much focused on the content mm. actually we are obviously focused on the content quite a bit but within KCC I'm thinking more of like the way in which we present things, the mode, the media, um, the medium of which we present the handover is important. And whether it's a document that the that will go straight over the next executive's heads, or it's a document yeah. that they'll keep referring back to, yeah. is really up to us. Mm. So I'm hoping that both of us, like, we can create compelling ways to present our handover. Even, yeah. Yeah. As long as it's a like a bit better than last year, that means we're improving. Yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking like. I know there's been some people who are like, oh, they've written like a, a 10 page document about oh, their wow. role or something, or some sh- something like that. Yeah. Right. Um, I was thinking, it was like, oh, man, I could like, yeah, I can write for days about stuff, but I don't know if like that's the most like appropriate thing to be giving to someone. Are they actually going to read it? They'll read it and forget it and like move on from it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, yeah, I think what you said is really important actually. It's like, yeah, how am I going to actually hand over? my role and make them actually understand it and not kind of just pass by it kind of thing hmm. um but yeah that's probably that's definitely something i'm still thinking about as well yeah um we'll see i guess yeah for sure yeah okay so one of our we're getting to our end point of our podcast i think this is a very clutch question considering your igm is tonight However, what would you say to those who might be thinking about running for president or any office bearer position of your club in particular? They'll probably listen to this after the fact, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and look, like, I think there's a lot of pressure that people put on people to like, oh, like, when you're running, you know, you have to be this, you have to be that. But I think what really matters is if you know yourself, you know, if you think that you somewhat... One percent capable of running for it, just run. You mm. know, what's the harm? Okay, even when you run for it, you make your speech and stuff. You, you learn a lot about yourself because you're writing about yourself. Not everyone like right thinks about themselves right. unless you like really like yeah like I have a really big ego. Then you think about yourself all the time, right? <laughs> but, but like the average person, you don't have to go through all this where you have to think about yourself. You write about yourself, kind of thing. Yeah. So this this is what like this running for your exact role is you know you th- you learn about yourself and you're going to have to present about yourself to everyone else i think it's a really good experience whether or not you're you know you're going to get the role or not you know i think everyone's going to be there to support you um and you're definitely going to learn a lot you don't need any experience either right personally for me i hadn't zero experience coming to this yeah. you know that asked me the question oh um can you tell us about your experience when i ran for president I was like, well, I uh, worked at a 
hospitality kitchenaid yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, uh, but then i said i was like well no if i was being honest i have the least experience out of all the candidates that are running today oh wow but i think that i don't think that's a bad thing i think i i will use it as a good thing in my sense that i think i would if i was president i would want to give people opportunities more opportunities if they to be able to gain that experience you know so that they don't have to come into this role being inexperienced like i did kind of thing wow yeah that, that was amazing that was straight gold <laughs> okay so thank you for that now nice. we're heading into our final final section of the podcast right before you plug in your next event you know there's a special podcast question yeah. for every episode <laughs> completely unwarranted as i do mention time and time again thanks claudia for starting off this trend (laughs) however this is your question yeah your question is if you could give every executive member of yours a color what would they be and why (laughs) so let's start off with yourself what color do you think you are and why oh my god um this is such a hard question right i mean yeah i uh, mean like don't put too much thought into it i'm not like basing it off anything psychological yeah, like, I mean, i'm just asking like i like colors yeah i mean let me let me put myself as red i don't know nice i'll put myself as red yeah Why okay not? um vp as blue okay yeah okay treasurer green for the bills i guess yeah and secretary oh, secretary is a hard one yeah for some reason i'm i'm leaning towards like white or black oh okay. i don't know why yeah but maybe it's because i'm thinking about a uh minutes and that's white page and black words. <laughs> so I, I don't know something Damn. like that right that's the <laughs> eight-hour eight full process yeah right? i don't know um i'm thinking red and blue for like president and vp i don't know like player one player two kind of thing mm, okay yeah um but yeah, that's that's a very basic thought of mine what about you for me yeah. or actually i would agree like i as much as i'd like to stay humble i like that player one player two mindset yeah. of having you know um president as red and vp as blue and then having like except i think i would have treasurer as yellow because of okay. like you know coins even though we're still, like, <laughs> coins, coins yeah 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 getting that coin you know? <laughs> yeah and like i think you know we're still the same thought process but like just different colors it's like not too big like of a, of a difference and then like secretary i thought like i thought i would go green for secretary okay because like just um just to have that fourth like almost primary color oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. but at the same time like, i like your thought process of black and white because when you said black and white, I wasn't really thinking about black text on white paper, but I was yeah. thinking about like how originally in the podcast earlier, we were talking about like what we do for our jobs yeah, and how like with president and VP, it's quite wishy-washy. Like mm. we don't really know exactly what we have to do, yeah. but what the secretary has to do, it's quite black and white. Like it's something that is like, they have a set job. yeah. So like it's something that is like, undisputed they have to do these minutes they have to yeah. do these things yeah definitely. so that's where i get the symbolism from black and white from like that's when you said that yeah that's a good good idea <laughs> yeah. yeah all right so thank you for coming on this podcast can you just plug in what will be your next event all right so our next and basically final event of the year will be asia agm 2022 um it's for 
it's going to be on October 11th on the Monday. So in about six days. I'm not sure when this will be released, but yeah, October 11th, Monday, 6 p.m. Damn. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Franklin, for coming onto our podcast. Uh, we, I really appreciated your company here. It was really nice for you to take out what must be not that busy, but like somewhat busy of a <laughs> schedule to have. Yeah. No, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to my podcast today. Thank you for listening to What Does It Take? I hope to see you guys on a later episode. If you, if you have any suggestions for who to bring onto the podcast next, I will add them to my list. Just send us a DM or send us a message. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.